two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jonathan Kogan Show. Excited to be with you. Let's just jump right into it. We got some good stuff. We got real truth question seekers and question askers, like the podcast man of the world, Mr. Joe Rogan. And we got other people like Alex Berenson. Who is Alex Berenson? Well, he was just on Joe Rogan yesterday. And if you haven't heard it, it is one of the inflection points we are going to remember as the shift in the media, in the new media, of where the truth is starting to get exposed. Alex Berenson is a former New York Times reporter and the author of 13 novels, three nonfiction books, and the Unreported Truths booklets which is also his Substack, which we're going to get into. His newest book is Pandemia on the coronavirus and our response to it was published on November 30th. They talked about so much juicy stuff. And the biggest question that I'm getting is, okay, if the vaccine hurts people, if all this, if people, all this crazy bad stuff is happening and young people are dying, well, why, why, you know, they have kids too. Why would they want to hurt anyone? Why, why, why? What's the reason? Well, as we have put out there and predicted earlier on this podcast, is we believe this is an attack from the CCP in cahoots with the World Economic Forum, but that the CCP is ultimately behind it, which is our biggest threat. Dr. Naomi Wolf, who is a, uh, a liberal, who's a PhD and advisor to Bill Clinton and was really celebrating the media and you got to understand how, even though if you're listening to this, you know, the mainstream media is lying to you continuously. You just know they're full of shit. And so you're trying to get the real news, which is probably why you're listening to the Jonathan Cogan show. And we love you for that. Thank you. But even though you know, they're lying, they still infiltrate what you think. And let me tell you what I mean by that. I have to say before I play something from Dr. Naomi Wolf that she's a liberal, that she advised Bill Clinton and Democrats because they have successfully um, labeled anybody who deviates from the narrative, from the establishment as far right. So if you hear something that is contrary to the establishment narrative, your gut tells you that they're far right that they support Trump, something like that. Even though you're, you know they're full of shit, they have still successfully infiltrated your subconscious. It's crazy that I have to say this because I'm not far right. I'm not far left. I'm apolitical, period, full stop. But I know that the propaganda has been so successful. And so if you say anything that counters Whatever the establishment's saying, the bullshit they're spewing you, and forget, sorry for my language, but it's crazy that this happens. Even though you recognize the lies now and you're going to alternative media sources to find out the truth, something still deep down says, oh, this person's far right. But it ain't true. There is no far right. The truth is, is there's the, here it is, here's the real truth. We went over the masterclass a couple episodes ago with George Bush who's one of the, uh, he's one of the final nominees for Crimes Against Humanity. What an honor, what an honor. He is closer to Barack Obama and Biden than you. 
that meaning then Trump, I'll say. So Trump, listen, we don't support Trump on this podcast. We don't support Republicans. We don't support Democrats. We don't support political figures. I'm just trying to tell you a point here. What Trump ultimately represents, like figuratively, is populism, which is most likely you, which is just the people. They want to be left alone. They don't want government intervention. And for the for decades and decades, the establishment has been in cahoots with one each other to give you the illusion that you're voting for Republicans and Democrats. And then they basically create this chamber of discussion within these confines. So you're debating, acting like it's free thought and free discussion, but they have set up the guardrails. Okay. They have already limited the discussion and you just get to maneuver freely within their fucking cage. That's what's happening. Okay. They are both different management teams of the same system. They both do not like you. Okay. And the reason why it's crazy that Trump made it to the presidency is because he wasn't historically part of the establishment. This is why for seven years, they're going after him like crazy because he, maybe he is now with Operation Warp Speed and all that stuff, because for some reason he's not decoupling himself. So maybe he got totally scooped up into the political system, but beforehand he absolutely clowned his way. Like talk about the clown of all clowns. He clowned his way from Twitter to the White House. That is hysterical. That dude, whatever you think of him, clowned his way to the White House and the establishment fucking hates it. <laughs> that is just true. And so they have been trying to take him down for seven years. And what's crazy is, is they've been so unsuccessful. Like this guy really hasn't broken a lot of laws. It's really crazy. Like they haven't got him and they were trying really hard. They're going to indict him now. They're trying to ignite a civil war. And we all know that's happening. We're not going to be fooled, hopefully. But what this ultimately comes down to is we are under attack by the CCP who is disguising, they've caused the pandemic in, in cahoots with bad actors on our side as well, like the funding that went to the eco, Ecosystem Alliance or whatever from Fauci. So I'm not sure the connection there, but we have, you know, there's bad act. We, we infiltrated the, the CCP. They've infiltrated us, whatever. But we're absolutely, and I'm going to let Dr. Naomi Wolf explain this even better. And I'm going to play uh, from Rebel News, who's doing great reporting, by the way. You could trust them. Um, give her her intro on who she is and that she's liberal, just like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He's a Kennedy. John F. Kennedy was a Democrat who was killed by the deep state. They think of Trump the same way as they think of John Kennedy or Jack. They don't like either of them. Okay. So George Bush is like homies with Obama and Biden, not Trump. You understand? George Bush and Trump, both Republicans, but Bush is closer with Biden. Bush is closer with Obama. Bush is closer with Clinton. It's the establishment versus the peasants or the populace. You and I, normal people, the elites versus the peasants. It's not Republicans versus Democrats because both parties are technically corporate far-right pro-war parties. None of them are liberal. They are both right of center, very right of center, okay? They are both pro-war, okay? So if you think that voting for Democrats is like being liberal, it ain't. That's gone. These are two, these are two pretty, pretty far-right parties, honestly, okay? 
like they're not in they're, they're they're trying to take our freedom of speech away like this isn't historically what the what the liberals stood for it's not liberal it's democrat it's very different like i would say you know socially i'm definitely more liberal for sure but neither party represents that anymore they're both right of center i don't even think that's in discussion anymore and jimmy Dore does a great job explaining that by the way so let me just play this so from the joe rogan had alex berenson on who has done honest reporting, who has been deplatformed from Twitter for saying that the, the vaccine, you know, uh, didn't prevent spread and would share facts. And the White House reached out to Twitter to deplatform Alex Berenson. And Alex Berenson, because he sued Twitter, the judge let there be a discovery phase where you get a bunch of documents from both sides and share it with each other. And then, you know, you later on go to the trial. Well, Alex got documents that the White House was contacting Twitter to shut him down, which is a clear violation of the First Amendment. And on Joe Rogan yesterday, he is putting together a case and he is going to sue the White House. Now, I don't know how you stand a chance to win in that in that lawsuit, but the mere fact that the White House is reaching out to private businesses to shut down someone's free speech is awfully scary, okay? Take away all the labels they want you to put on yourself so you bicker with the other peasants and realize you're just a human and he's just a human. They want to take away your speech. In fact, how's this for a crazy thought? If their argument and what they were saying was so good and so truthful, why would you need to censor somebody? Why do you need to censor somebody if what you're saying is so good and what you're saying is so truthful, people will go with it. You only censor people is if you're spewing bullshit or getting an agenda across that people don't want to hear. So you have to shut down the opposition. And this is why censorship is so bad because it starts with Trump and then it ends with like an Alex Berenson, a journalist who, if you are a real journalist, like we are on the Jonathan Kogan show, you work for the people. You expose the powers that be. You don't work with the powers that be. That's never how it's been. Now the New York Times is corporate media. They're protecting the corporate people, not the people. And when you lose the media, you lose the war. And that is dangerous. I didn't mean to go on this crazy monologue at the beginning. Let me play this short little one-minute clip from Joe Rogan last night, which is an awesome podcast with Alex Berenson where they talk the truth and what we've been saying on this podcast for many months now that you guys know is true. So you'll basically, you'll basically just hear and be like, oh yeah, the John the Coconut Show. Yeah, they exposed that, but I'm glad we're hearing on Joe Rogan because we like Joe Rogan. So I'll play this clip first. And this is about, it's only one minute. And it's Joe Rogan, Alex Berenson talking about how the media is blaming these all this crazy increase in all-cause mortality, which we're going to dive into today, on climate change. Here we go. What do you make of these bizarre stories that you see that get published that are starting to blame an increase in heart attacks on climate change? <laughs> yeah, it's a joke. It's strange. It's yeah. strange because journalists are publishing these things yes. in legitimate places. Yes. Like ABC had one the other day that was widely mocked because it's so crazy for them to say that. Yes. It's bizarre. Like, how much climate change are we talking about? Shouldn't the sky be on fire? I mean, what the fuck are you talking well, well, about? Well, I will say this. It is true 
that when you have these extreme heat waves, especially in sure. Europe where they don't have air conditioning, sure, some old folks yes. are just going to die, basically. Of, uh, you know, they're going to be in their apartments and they're just not going to be able to get out of bed and they're going to die. But that, but that's not what you're talking about. You're talking no. about these stories where it's like some 30-year-old had a heart attack. Right. Yeah. No, that's, it's, it's absurd. It's absurd. And as you know, we've been exposing these, these sudden deaths that are baffling doctors. They're not baffling doctors. They're shutting down doctors that are telling the truth. And then everyone who's paid by Pfizer and all those other companies are the ones that you're hearing from through the mainstream. And you know the mainstream is obviously lying to you now. You know that. That's not a secret. But what we need to focus more on is, okay, we can keep calling them out on their BS. But that's not really helpful for you, is it? Because you know that to be true. We need to start focusing on solutions. Okay? Two things we need to focus on. One thing is getting you the truth, no matter what. And that's what we try and do on this podcast. We're not always going to be right. I will always, uh, you know, uh, I'll always put a correction when we're wrong and that's been done before, uh, but we do our best. Like we actually care about the people. We are pro human beings. Unlike the mainstream media, who's more with the depopulation agenda, which a uh, recent study finds that 0% of the people who are pushing a depopulation agenda have volunteered for themselves to go first. 0% new study. That's Harvard and Johns Hopkins. No, I'm just kidding, but it's true. They don't want to go first. They want to depopulate you and your family, not them. So I want to get into solutions. So we need to identify the problem. You need to admit or identify a problem, and then you can create a solution or find a solution. So if the problem is that we're being under attack by the CCP and foreign powers to hurt us and take and, and set a new world order and become the global power, which we know China's economy is going to be three to four times our size in the next five years, They've been very successful, but we, in an earlier podcast, and I highly recommend you go listen to this one about the population collapse from Peter Zion, the book, The End of the World is Just the Beginning, is extremely important and fascinating to listen to. They are the oldest aging civilization in history, China, and that because of the one-child policy, they don't have the replacement levels necessary to even be around in like 2200, and that by 2030 and 20, by 2050, they're going to have like half the amount of people they have today. And by 2100, they're going to have like less than a quarter. They cannot sustain themselves. It's impossible. He's basically making the argument they're at the point of no return. I, it's a fascinating thing to, to read and to learn about because you mix that with what Ray Dalio is saying with the, 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 the changing world order and how China's taken over the world. And then kind of look at both. This is why debates are so important. Okay. Because people have different opinions, okay? And, and science is about the search for the truth and it's never ending process. It doesn't just stop with Fauci, even though he wants it to be that. It goes forever. It iterates and it changes and it changes. And if you listen to Yuval Noah Harari, which we did another podcast about many, many months ago, he gives a speech saying that science is not about truth. And this is the, this is the top advisor to the World Economic Forum. He is the top advisor. He wrote the book Sapiens and Homo Deus, which is like God, human, or something like that it stands for. He says that science is not about the search for truth. It's about power. Power. They have weaponized science to attack you. 
don't think for a minute, I don't think this is crazy to say, but I can't find a more valid solution because why would good people want to hurt others? They wouldn't. So there's people in on it and there's people who thought they were doing good and it resulted in hurting people. And then there's people that are just have bad intent. Like it's very beautiful that everyone's like, oh, this can't happen. Like people wouldn't want to hurt people. Not everyone, the vast majority of the world are good. The vast majority of human beings are very good. I really believe, I think it's like 98, 99%. But there are bad people and those bad people have a lot of power at this point in time. And it's making me think more than ever with how weird it feels in the world right now and all the corruption and all the conflict and the powers that be trying to hold on, implement their central bank digital currency, engineer a famine, all this stuff, which they're being successful in. Really, for the first time, has made me fully believe with all my heart that the solution to all of this is going to be us entering a decentralized world. We are transitioning from a centralized society where there's major, major powers like the U.S. government, all this stuff. I'm not saying they're going to disappear, but we are experiencing a global shift from a centralized world to a decentralized world. And that, that break off is going to feel massive. So if you think things are crazy now, I believe this baby's just getting started and it's going to, I mean, this is a system that's been around for, you know, 250 years. It's going to take a few years. It's going to take more than a few years to transition. And these powers that be are not just going to let you decentralize the world and take their power away. No, they're going to fight to the last round to hold on to what they have. Right? Like the Rothschilds, you know, started, they own the, basically the banking system and, and all the money across the world since like the 1500s. But before that was this other family, um, I believe it's an Italian family and their logo was like, an, they had like an orange on it. I'll get the name. Um, but they ran the fiscal system, monetary system for 500 years before that. And now it's been 500 years of the Rothschilds. Perhaps we're experiencing a shift again. I think that's what all this chaos is. And we're shifting from this other family that's owned it, not to another family this time, but to the people to a decentralized world. And we will look back and say crypto, not necessarily Bitcoin, but crypto and the blockchain absolutely revolutionized the world and made it a better place. It's going to be unbelievable to see what happens in the next 10 to 20 years. And it's going to overall end up to be great for the people, but it's going to unfortunately take a lot of people dying and, and being hurt and having all their assets stripped away, their livelihood, their families broken apart. It's going to be nasty. It's going to get really, really bad. It already is pretty bad, but it's going to get much, much worse. And, you know, the power outages, Bloomberg is also reporting that over 20 million households are going to, are going to have blackouts in the United States of America. The energy prices in Great Britain have soared and people cannot afford it. They're going to shut down mom and pop shops. They're already rationing out energy, heat air conditioning, you know, how uh, they're rationing out water and, and electricity in Germany already because they're relying on Russia. And in the winter, listen, I did the Germany crisis on another podcast. And the next segment, I'm going to get a lot more into this energy crisis because it's imminent. And we refuse to rely, go to Michael Schellenberger is a well, well-known environmentalist. 
In fact, environmentalist person of the year for time many years ago or a couple of years ago. And he finally flew out to uh, the Netherlands. And what we've been saying on this podcast all along, he realized what's happening in the WEF, the World Economic Forum, and the powers that be will say are intentionally causing harm to set up a new world. A, they want to centralize everything. The corporations want to create a this one world government. It's not fictitious. It's real. And I think you probably know that by now. I mean, it's when someone says the Great Reset, just go to Amazon, search the Great Reset by Klaus Schwab and his buddy Tiago or whatever, who's an ultra high net worth money manager. Hmm, interesting. It's a book. He wrote the book like three months after the crisis hit. He talks about exactly what world they want. Go read the book. It's not a secret. Not a secret. But I want to get back into where we started this, which is what's going on here? Like why? Let's address this why. So let me play this clip real quick with Dr. Naomi Wolf from Rebel News. I'll play just the intro so you can get to know her from, from their reporting um, and to understand that not everyone who disagrees with the establishment is far right. Okay. There's two parties. I'll say this again. The establishment, AKA the powers that be, and then everybody else, <laughs> they've just ingrained in you that if someone deviates or is a dissenting voice of that narrative, they are far right. It ain't true because you know, we're not political on this podcast. So it cannot be true. The laws of physics say it can't be true. If this is truly an apolitical podcast, which you know, it 1000% is a political podcast. In fact, we're the number one apolitical podcast in the world. Share far and wide, baby. All right, so let's play this clip, this intro to learn a little bit about Dr. Naomi Wolf, who's done fantastic. She also has a Substack. Everyone's got a Substack. I want to know their financials in a little bit. I mean, gosh, they got to be making a killing. And finally, Tucker Carlson has come out with this now, and it's just starting. Joe Rogan just came out yesterday, which would be August 26th. And then uh, Tucker Carlson did it, uh, I think, on the 25th. So it's all coming out now uh, for the first time. So is this it? Yeah, this is it. So here's the beginning. This is just an intro so you can learn who she is. It's a good little intro, better than I can do, from Rebel News. And this is Naomi Wolf, Dr. Naomi Wolf. Take a listen. And by the way, she was a part of, uh, well, let's just get into this and I'll get into it. Yeah, and, and British media as well, um, through these other entities, got purchased uh, and, and corrupted. Um, millions of dollars, and this is in the Columbia Journalism Review, went from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to legacy sites like The Guardian and the BBC for COVID education. And that means smearing people like, like me um, or other very distinguished dissidents like Dr. McCullough, Dr. Malone, Dr. Alexander. Um, and also the CARES Act uh, is a billion dollars of our tax money, um, much of which goes to basically paying influencers and, and paying off community groups. I mean, all the way down to the level of little dance troops or little churches and synagogues and, uh, and certainly little news outlets. Um, so the news business is in a precarious state and here's millions of dollars flowing. If you just, you know, follow the COVID line, follow the talking points, um, they thoroughly corrupted our media. It's sad for our legacy media and it's sad for the consumers of media that are consuming legacy media because they're being lied to consistently. But it's kind of beautiful that a lot of alternative news mm -hmm. outlets um, 
are, are booming because people know they're being lied to and they just let it because see media are corrupted. Shout out the Jonathan Kogan show, man. I just want to say, I'm so grateful that you're listening to this and, and, and really paying attention to the Jonathan Kogan show, even just dedicating however many minutes you've dedicated to listening. I'm super grateful for you. I thank you. I just want to say thank you. Now here's the intro with, with Dr. Amy Wolf. I just had to stop it and say, there's a reason why we're booming and it's because people want the truth. And our thesis is people deserve the truth. And so those two things align very well. And we will get through this together with the truth. That's all. Naomi Wolf is a celebrated liberal author and journalist who's never been afraid to say something controversial. She's a Rhodes Scholar, a graduate of both Yale and Oxford. Wolf has worked for President Bill Clinton and presidential hopeful Al Gore. She spent her career as a darling of the liberal corporate media until very recently, about two years ago, when she began to question the narrative surrounding COVID-19. Since then, media coverage has been smear piece after smear piece. Wolf's new book, The Bodies of Others, is filled with clear-eyed, sober insights of the workings of the new public health regime, where it came from and where it's going. I traveled to the mountains of upstate New York to talk to her about the lockdowns, the vaccines, big tech, and censorship. Here's the conversation. Maybe I'll play a little bit, a little bit of that later, but unbelievable. Very, very smart woman. She's doing incredible reporting. She's in, she's a truth warrior. She's in on the battlefield with us. And we love Naomi Wolf. And hopefully we'll get her on this show. We 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 have I have reached out to her. We'll see what happens. Um, we need to give these great people more and more exposure. If you have not seen their work, if you have not even heard about them, we have to get their voices even further reach than they already have, because these are good people doing the right thing, which is so weird is that that's a contrarian statement in today's world. It's crazy, but evil can only be in control for a short period of time. I'm not a religious dude. But something's going on here between good and bad. And um, yeah, I just have too much faith in humanity, like point blank. And uh, we're going to win this fight. I just don't see how we don't. We always have in history. So that's her intro. I want you to have that background that she knows what she's talking about. There's a lot of clips I want to play with, with her in it. This one's my favorite. I think she does. A, so I want to get into this why, which is the CCP. She... Um, has worked with the military intelligence, like when she worked with Clinton and Al Gore. And her husband is also in special forces somewhere with military intelligence as well. Okay. This woman knows what she's talking about. Make your own determination. But she is a smart cookie. Chocolate chip, sprinkles, sugar. We don't know. But she's a smart cookie. It might be baked. It might not be baked. We don't know. And we don't care. We just care if she's trying to do the right thing. This was on Dr. Drew with one of our favorite truth warriors, Kelly Victory. And it's Dr. Oh, I'm not going to do this one yet where she talks about the pregnant women in Pfizer MRNA trial documents, which is a really touching one. Oh, in fact, this is it, but I'm not going to play that section. This is her taking a stab at why, why are they doing this? And she talks about how the CCP has most likely infiltrated our systems and we are under attack, which is a th the hypothesis we have on this show. So take a listen. Kelly Victory, ask her, what are your thoughts on the Dr. Drew show? And here's what Dr. Naomi Wolf, the author of The Bodies of Others and DailyClout.io, good website, says. Think about that. You know, what is the motivation? 
Well, you know, in the SEC filing for BioNTech for 2021, there's a 100% accomplished tech transfer to China. It doesn't say to a Chinese individual. It doesn't say to a Chinese company. It says to China, 100% tech transfer. Um, so BioNTech makes these injections, as I mentioned, for Pfizer. I'm a tech CEO. Uh, I understand that language. 100% um, tech transfer could mean IP. So the ingredients, which by the way, are really hard to find, you still can't open a package insert and see what you're getting injected into you or into your pregnant self. Um, it could mean a manufacturing process. It could mean data that's being harvested through the process. Um, it could mean something that of which we're not aware. But I can't stress enough, and I know you guys are, are doctors, and I'm not a medical doctor. I'm, I come from the world of geopolitics. I advised a presidential campaign, and I advised a vice president. Um, I was married to a White House speechwriter. Um, I'm now married to a, a former special operator who spent 12 years in military intelligence. So I, I see things geopolitically. The motivation is that our enemies want our land and want our water and don't want our population. And, and China has made no secret of its uh, interest in being the world's superpower by 2049, which is the 100th anniversary of the Chinese Communist Revolution. And the way they're going to do it, according to their own white papers, is by hegemonizing, meaning becoming the, the sole kind of arbiter of the world's health. And um, they anticipate a world in which people are struggling with their health. Uh, and they, they wrote that white paper before the pandemic. So I see that we are at war and or war has been waged against us. China, the Chinese Communist Party talks about unrestricted warfare, which um, they think is superior to kinetic war, meaning dropping bombs or invading with armies. And unrestricted warfare means subverting a nation without them being aware that they're subverted, disrupting their food supplies, disrupting baby formula supplies, disrupting energy grids, disrupting um, you know fuel lines or fuel supplies, uh, subverting uh, cultural institutions, um, buying off uh, elected officials, you know, all the way down to the local level. So I believe that these injections are systematic. Uh, other things we haven't talked about is how easy it is to kill people or hurt them based on things as simple as room temperature or um, dilution. Uh, and, um, and, and it's extremely scary to me that the boosters uh, we're being told we'll have to accept in the fall have 60 micrograms, which is double the adult Pfizer dose of, of active ingredients, double. Um, the Pfizer's own documents show that Moderna's 100 micrograms um, had to be abandoned internally due to its reactogenicity, and that's Pfizer's own words. It was too toxic. People who took Moderna, like my mom, who had heart damage, were not told, oh, you've had 100 micrograms, that's way too high, as we've discovered. That's more than three times Pfizer's micrograms, so don't have any boosters. They weren't told that. Um, so I think that we're at war, and I think that these injections are a super stealthy way to hurt um, Americans and, and hurt the West. And, and just because can, it hasn't happened before, like not it didn't happen a before. Little, a, a little more about what you mean, what they have, what that white paper said about struggling with health, did they specify what that meant? Um, I would have to check it and I'm happy to do that and send it to you for, for the chat. But um, basically China, and this is why things like the partnership with the Wuhan lab are so important right. or in facing the beast, I, I link to a study out of Hong Kong. Um, I believe it's from 2017 in which 
uh, I'm sorry, it's, 2000, it's 2021, so it's in the middle of a pandemic, in which uh, rats are being injected twice with the mRNA, the lipid nanoparticles, the spike protein, the first time they're injured, and the second time they're catastrophically injured. Um, and the second time their hearts enlarge, you can see visible white spots on their heart, their livers are damaged, and they have cytokine storms. So this is overseen by the Chinese Communist Party. All science in Hong Kong, you know, in Hong Kong and in Chinese territories is run under the CCP. And to me, as a as a political consultant, this is clearly a, a presentation of a way to kill or damage a population without fingerprints. Mm -hmm. Well, I can tell you, I can say, you know, truly, and we've talked about it quite a few times that the, you know, the VAERS system. Uh, I'll stop it there. <clears throat> so she brings up really good points, stuff you've heard on this podcast before. Now, what do we have to do now? What's What do we do with that information? We go and dive into the data. We always dive into the data. This is about data not surface level headline reading. We dive deep into the data on this podcast. That's why I ask you to share this far and wide because lots of, I've, a stunning amount of people, in fact, almost all, don't care to do the work by diving into the data. But on the Jonathan Kogan show, we are committed to diving into the data and then telling you our findings and then telling you to go do the your own research. But let's get into this data which all started with the Alex Berenson uh, statement with Joe Rogan, how they're trying all of a sudden heart attacks because climate change. That's a narrative they want to get into your system. Oh my God, all these people are dropping dead. It's the climate. It's the climate. It couldn't be the mRNA. So let's get into this data. There's two, two substacks I want to get into. This is Alex Berenson's substack. August 25th, another week with deaths far above normal in Europe. Excess deaths are now higher continent-wide in 2022 than in either 2020 or 2021, even with COVID deaths far lower. The strange and seemingly unending rise in all-cause deaths in the mRNA-vaccinated countries continues. This morning, European researchers released their most recent weekly report on deaths across the continent. And then they show it's Euromomo Bulletin, week 33 of 2022. And it says the countries that report this to the report to this network include all the large countries in Western Europe. Week after week in 2022, they have posted death counts well above normal. Overall deaths are now higher at this point in 2022 than they were at the same point in either 2020 or 2021. I will keep saying this until someone pays attention. No one expected deaths to remain above normal once COVID deaths fell. We're paying attention, Alex. In fact, demographers and scientists generally assume the opposite would occur. COVID deaths typically occur in people near the end of their lives, either from advanced age, morbid obesity, or other severe comorbidities. So demographic experts generally imagine deaths would run below average for months or years after COVID ended or nearly ended. Instead, the opposite have occurred. And I'm looking at a chart right now, which on the y-axis is the excess deaths, right? Zero to 100,000, 200,000, 300,000, 400,000. And then on the bottom, the weeks. And uh, at week 20, week 32, it says 221,079. Let's put that into context. Here's the worst part. 
the most pronounced change compared to the expected number of deaths is occurring in teenagers and adults under 50 years old, who in Europe anyway, hardly had any extra deaths from COVID or during the 2020 or the first half of 2021. The second chart above shows this clearly. Deaths in people under 15 were below normal in Europe until about a year ago. Since then, they have been well above normal. For Europeans ages 15 to 44, the trend is even clearer and more striking. Between March 2020, when COVID began, and early summer 2021, when most European countries began to offer mass vaccinations to people under 50, the continent had about 3,500 extra deaths of young adults. In the year since, Europe has had roughly twice as many, about 7,000 deaths. And it's not just Europe. The United States is also seeing higher than expected deaths. Although our data are late and lagging and we have a terrible opioid epidemic, which we also covered in a previous podcast about fentanyl, further confusing the issue. Deaths in Australia have been running well above normal too. So what is behind all these deaths? There are possible reasons that don't include a seven-letter word that starts with the letter V, but they are becoming less plausible as the trend goes on week after week. As bad as the deaths are, the reluctance by governments or public health authorities even to discuss them is worse. Couldn't agree more with that. If they are afraid that talking about this reality will, quote, fuel conspiracy theories or hurt demand for the mRNA shots, I have news for them. Demand for the shots has flatlined and isn't coming back. And failing to discuss something as basic as the number of people who are dying is only going to fuel the conspiracists. Death counts were the sine qua non, whatever that is, of the COVID epidemic. To pretend they do not matter now is bizarre. And he shows a picture and he goes, remember when deaths counted? Those were the days with CNN and on the right side of the screen, it says coronavirus pandemic and it's a death count and it says globally 5.5 million cases deaths 348,302 in the United States 1.6 million cases 98,636 deaths source Johns Hopkins we were obsessed with death counts when the narrative helped the agenda the regime wanted to implement aka mass vaccination now if they did this it would go against their narrative of the vaccine safe and effective. So if they put this up, it wouldn't be good for them. They only put the stuff in front of your face that helps whatever agenda they want to get across, across. They don't do it because they love you. They don't, they don't even do it for ratings either because the ratings with CNN and other mainstream affiliates suck. The only person that has decent ratings in the mainstream is Tucker Carlson. And the reason is he is telling the truth, at least trying to tell the truth. This segment two days ago on the breaking the vaccine studies, and it was like, we could talk about it now because they're trying to pin it on Trump, which by the way, when we came out with that last podcast about that theory, they're going to pin on Trump. It exploded everywhere afterwards. Tucker did it later that night and, and everywhere on the internet basically took that narrative and was like, this is probably going to happen. And we broke it here first. Governments worldwide have been doing everything possible to hide data that shows how poorly the COVID shots now work against Omicron, but they are not going to be able to stop reporting all-cause mortality, which means we will be able to see these trends for ourselves over the next few months. Let's, this is important. 
Very important. Let's all, vaxxed and unvaxxed, hope they come back to normal soon. That's the point of this podcast. We are all on the same team. It doesn't matter if you got the mRNA vaccine or didn't. It doesn't matter if you're a woman or a guy, tall, short, black, white. It doesn't matter if you are a human blueberry, okay? We all need to come together because we are all on team peasant, which is under attack by the elites. Another great Substack, just to go, you know, to piggyback off of this, is Peter Sweden, who's been attacked because he's a big time environmentalist, but isn't going across, the, going with the narrative of we need to shut down all natural gas now, kill millions of people, and go for a technology that cannot even handle the whole power grid, which we know windmills and whatnot can't handle the whole power grid because they are trying to hurt us. So then we have to take the handout from this huge centralized government of, oh my God, universal basic income, or you know, here's your food for the day and all this stuff. Okay, please master, please. They're trying to make us desperate. So the most dangerous thing to their plan is for the truth to get out and for us to come together and revolt as the people. So his substack is called The Freedom Corner with Peter Sweden. Something weird is happening with the excess death rate. There is a higher mortality rate than normal. What is going on here? You, are right, you might remember seeing on the news and on the TV screens over the last few years how they kept a daily count, an hourly count, of the number of COVID deaths. At, a time, at times, it seemed like it was the only thing they ever talked about. Remember those days, guys and gals? I remember it. It was everywhere. I didn't even know who Fauci was at that point. True story. It was everywhere. All the major news outlets and TV channels were keeping track of how many people were reported as dying with COVID each day. And they used this as reasons for pushing lockdowns and restrictions. We had to save grandma, which is not a good narrative for getting the vaccine into a young person. But I digress. But now something weird is happening and it is nowhere to be found on the news. Strange. Many more people are now dying than normal for some strange reason, and it goes largely ignored. Where are the trackers on TV keeping track of the daily excess deaths? Nowhere. And the weird thing is that this is not only happening in one country, it is happening in many countries all at the same time, just like with the birth rates. In case you missed it, I wrote an investigative article where I found that the birth rate has mysteriously collapsed all over the world at the same time, and nobody seems to know why. And don't ask questions because the cause is unknown, and so we need to give you a vaccine against cause unknown so you could be safe. Just listen. Do not ask questions. Be like the, compli the, the complicit mainstream media so you can work for the powers that be and make sure that in the end, they think they're on the winning team, and then boom, people like Brian Stelter and all them get canned like everybody else. They're stupid. They're so dumb. Like they're gonna be on the winning team in the end? No, you media stupid people. You're gonna be fucking thrown to the, to the trash first. Those are the people they kill first. Gosh. Now we are seeing the same thing with the excess death rate. People are dying more than normal all over the world at the same, in vaccinated countries all at the same time and nobody seems to know why because you can't ask. You might say that it is because of COVID 
that we are all seeing all these extra excess deaths and you would be wrong. People are dying and it is not because of COVID. Something else is causing it. And this is shocking. In Britain, there was 10,355 deaths of all causes in England and Wales. This is almost 1,000 more than normal. And this is just in one week alone. Compared with the five-year average, this is a shocking increase of 10.1%. Let that sink in. These are people dying. 10.1%? Questions should be asked every day. In Europe, this summer, we saw over 10,000 non-COVID-related excess deaths in just one week. This is horrible. In Norway, there has also been a massive increase in the death rate with a whopping 18% more people dying in the first quarter of 2022 compared with the same period in 2021. Meanwhile, the birth rate in Norway has set a new record low. That is not good, but it gets worse. If we take a look at the excess deaths among children, why can't you leave the children alone? You sick people. Sick. Let me go back to that. If we take a look at the excess deaths among children aged 0 to 14 across Europe, there has been a horrifying here we go. 542% increase in excess deaths so far this year compared with the same time period in 2021. Why? We have been under many restrictions and lockdowns over the last few years just to avoid this very thing, to avoid deaths. Now people are dying and nobody seems to be asking any questions or even barely talking about it, let alone acknowledging it. So I will do what the mainstream media does not. I will talk about it and try to find out what's going on here. And that's what we're doing on this podcast. That's what we have to do on this podcast. If you believe in humanity and want humanity to win, we have to ask questions. We have to hold the powers that be accountable. Now, I want to play another segment from Dr. Naomi Wolf. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is an emotional one. But it's a really good representation and example of, um, I was just seeing if we were uh, censored off Facebook yet, but we're not. But we probably will after this because uh, she's totally censored. She got censored for sharing this exact thing I'm going to share with you now. The Pfizer documents that they are dumping because they have to from the Freedom of Information Act has clear documentation on harmful effects on babies, mostly pregnant women. And you're going to hear all the stats and it's emotional, but she posted this on Twitter referencing the documents they gave to us from the Freedom of Information Act and they censored her for misinformation. It is Pfizer's own documents. Think about that, but let her walk you through this. Uh, you know, it's a few minutes and, uh, Again, it's it's emotional, but it's it's important and it's a good example of how they manipulate the data to get everybody to take something. And why? Is it to maximize their profits? Is it because we're under attack? That's for you to decide. But what's important is there was ill intentions manipulating the data. And there's no way to hide that. Because why else would this happen? So take a listen to to this. And she gets emotional in it too, but it's really important to hear because if they're manipulating this, they're, do you think they're manipulating anything else? 
take it away, Naomi. Well, let me share um, the, the latest Pfizer uh, documents report because there's been news about that. Um, you all may remember that I shared with you all last week or so that uh, the America First Legal FOIA, Freedom of Information Act request, uh, released 268 pages showing that the CDC had colluded with Twitter and Google and YouTube and Facebook to deplatform people, including me, for early on um, breaking this very serious story about women having menstrual harms when they were injected. Well, predictably, and I've been screaming and yelling about this for over a year, predictably that is going to result in harms to fertility. And now the Pfizer volunteers, these 3,500 experts, have uh, put up a new report about a 44% um, spontaneous abortion or miscarriage rate in the Pfizer documents. And I will walk you through that report, but before I do, I will say that that was posted this morning on Daily Clout Twitter, which they hadn't bothered to ban yet. And with immediately Twitter banned Daily Clout from Twitter and also locked hold, our hold, account. Hold on, hang on, stop. Go back to the top. You guys did the research. What did it show? You put it out and they banned you immediately? Yeah, they and they banned and locked our account. Like they're they're not scared enough yet, obviously, because you know, I am suing Twitter and they must know that. But in the meantime, they're racking up more damages by now having banned and uh and and I mean banned and locked daily clouts Twitter account with thousands of followers and for a completely I mean when they call this misinformation my post enlightenment head wants to explode because this is literally <laughs> I'm not kidding this is literally and I had an expensive education right I went to Yale I went to Oxford I'm a Rhodes scholar this is how you're trained to make an argument this is primary source documentation. It doesn't get better than that. This is an internal set of documents released under court order. These are Pfizer's own documents, right? And they're they're analyzed by the most highly credentialed people and the links are right there. So there is literally no way, and I'm saying this to the judge in this case, I hope he or she is watching, there is no way this can be misinformation because it is literally information that is like um, primary documentation. It is, it is the 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 defendant's own documentation so now let's go to why they shut us down and i'm asking you to notice that this is a war on women steve and it's a war on babies and it's a war on other people too that we can discuss we've got an, a, a new report about harms to um to men which are horrific which i'll get to if there's time but right now i want you to notice that Twitter banned and the CDC banned an early discussion about dysregulating menstrual cycles, which you need to have a healthy baby. And now Twitter banned a thoroughly documented report showing that almost half of the pregnant women in the Pfizer internal trials lost 
their babies, all right? They're keeping this quiet. They're keeping these harms quiet. And in the meantime, women are being told to this day by their pediatricians and by their um, obstetricians, uh, it's safe and effective. It won't harm your baby. You know, go ahead and take the injection. Go ahead and have the booster. Go ahead and have the second booster. And, and they're suppressing the fact that there were 22 dead babies in this one document out of these 55,000 documents in the Pfizer trials. And I can uh, lift out an important paragraph from this critical um, research if you are willing to hear it. Please, please, absolutely, right. please. So the, the headline is Pfizer misleadingly classified the 44% of pregnancies that ended in miscarriage. And this is a direct quote from the report. A Pfizer adverse events document released by the FDA. So again, like misinformation, this is our government releasing this information under court order, right? Process that. This is, this is your tax dollars paying for the release of this information. Reveals and this is on July 1st, 2022, due to this court order, right? Reveals chilling data showing 44% of pregnant women participating in Pfizer's mRNA COVID vaccine trial suffered miscarriages. And there's the link, all right? A section of the document on page 3643 called listing of subjects reporting pregnancy after dose one shows that 50 women became pregnant during the internal trial. However, one must dig through the, the large document, and this is why I worship and love these volunteers, they are doing that, right? To learn that 22 of these 50 women who got pregnant suffered, quote, abortion spontaneous, end quote, quote, abortion spontaneous complete, end quote, which means a miscarriage, quote, abortion spontaneous incomplete, uh, end quote, or quote, miscarriage. So this means losing your baby when you don't want to. It doesn't mean going to an abortionist. It means you're gestating a perfectly normal, healthy baby, as far as anyone knows, and you lose that baby. The adverse events report cutoff date was March 13th, 2021. And this will blow your mind. And the FDA received the report from Pfizer on April 1st, 2021. So guys, that was, I'm sorry, but that was over a year ago. I'm sorry to, I know we're not supposed to cry in the war room, but over a year ago, the FDA received this report that out of 50 pregnant women, 22 of them lost their babies. And they did not say anything. Thus, the FDA was aware of the horrifying rate of fetal death by the start of April 2021 and were silent. And Pfizer was silent. They kept up their drumbeat of inject the pregnant women, inject the pregnant women. Doesn't hurt your baby. It doesn't hurt your baby. And, and now, predictably, as you and I have discussed in, in my Substack, uh, drawing on other Pfizer reports called I'm sorry to announce a genocide, there is the, the, the scaled up evidence of this horrific cover-up, this Mengele type cover-up, and I'm Jewish, I don't say that lightly. Uh, if, you, if you extrapolate globally to all the pregnant women who are injected, it explains, it could explain what we're seeing now of a baby die-off, 200% <clears throat> rise in neonatal deaths or spontaneous abortions and miscarriages in Scotland, sorry. Um, 86 babies died in Ontario when they usually have five or six. And in Israel, a 34% rise of spontaneous abortions and miscarriages to so, vaccinate. 
I know. I'm sorry. I, I had, if you're not getting this information from elsewhere, I have to share with you. I have to share with you. I'm sorry. I have to be the bearer of bad news, but I, you deserve to hear the truth. You have to hear the truth. I mean, you could choose to do with it with what you want. That's your freedom. But if you're not getting this information, you have to get this information, especially if you know someone that's still contemplating and maybe pregnant or something. You need to hear this. You deserve to hear this. And I think what's most scary about all of this is how the corporate business interests are in cahoots with these powerful governments. And that's what takes us back to where we started with Alex Berenson, who, who sued Twitter and won and won to be put back on Twitter because he wasn't spreading misinformation. He was telling the truth. And on Joe Rogan yesterday, he talks about how during this discovery phase, he got documents that the White House directly contacted Twitter to silence him. Think about that. That's a direct attack on your First Amendment. And believe me, if you're an average human, which you probably are, you don't want the most powerful governments in the world to team up with the largest, most powerful pharmaceutical companies in the world. That would probably not be to your benefit. Your benefit would probably be if people asked questions. Just a hypothesis, but I think you want people asking questions, not submitting to the powers that be. So listen how this went down. Again, this was on Joe Rogan yesterday, August 26th, with Alex Berenson. I've now been publishing documents that show that the White House wanted me banned. And that is the biggest part of all of this. Okay, that's where the story is going now. That people inside the White House, this is, and this is, this is Twitter employees talking to each other about a meeting that they had in April of 2021 before Twitter had ever done anything to me, where they said, they said that the White House said, why is this guy still allowed to tweet? And at that time, they were saying to each other, these Twitter employees, we think he's fine. We don't think he's doing anything wrong. Well, you fast forward to July of 2021, just over a year ago, and Joe Biden says the vaccine, anybody who debates the vaccines, if social media platforms allow that, they are quote unquote killing people. And then less or barely a month after that, four hours after that, I should say, Twitter puts a strike against me. They begin the process of deplatforming me. Six weeks later, they deplatform me. So my position, and I'm going to sue, I've said I'm going to sue the White House, and I'm going to sue a guy named Andy Slavitt, who's named in these documents, who was working at the White House at the time. Uh, my position is that those that there are people inside the Biden administration who violated my rights as an American citizen, violated my First Amendment rights, tried to get Twitter to suppress me personally. That's where this is going. And what was their basis? Like when they said, did they have a very specific thing that they were accusing you of where they wanted you to re remove from Twitter? It's not clear from the documents that they had anything specific. They, I mean, the term they use is misinformation. So vaccine misinformation. And in fact, they specifically said, um, again, this is according to these Twitter employees who are talking about this meeting, that I was influencing persuadable people. So you got to remember, you got to remember what the landscape was last year. Okay. The beginning of the year, January through June, it was, hey, we're going to vaccinate a lot of people. This is going to go away. 
And yeah, there's people like Berenson who are out there talking about this bears data and they're talking about side effects and they're a pain in our ass. But ultimately, all those mouth breathing anti-vaxxers, they're going to see, you know, they're going to see their buddies die and they're going to see how well this thing works. And we're going to get 90 or 95 percent of the country vaccinated. OK, we're going to win. That was that. And and so there was pressure from the White House, but they felt they were in a really good position. Uh, there have been a lot of people been vaccinated uh, and and it did look like I mean, it looked like the vaccines worked for a period of time in the spring. I don't know if you remember, but cases was always the leader on this. Cases in Israel went down almost to zero. They'd been in the thousands uh, and then they went to zero. Deaths had been, you know, close to 100 a day in Israel. They went to zero. OK. That was the spring. That was April. They were they were upset about me and people like me, you know, disinformation, misinformation. To me, it's journalism, okay? If I'm pointing to you to government statistics and data, and I'm saying, here's questions, and I'm saying, here's some questions about the clinical trial and how long it went and who was included in it and whether or not it actually shows the vaccines work as well as you've been told, that's journalism. One man's reporter is another, you know, is another man's disinformation specialist, okay? Just like one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter, okay? So that was April, May. Then something happened in June and July and August. The worst case scenario from the point of view of these people. What happened was cases started to go back up in Israel, in the UK, and then in the US. And they had known if they had any sense that the vaccines weren't going to be permanently protective. But I guarantee you, they did not think that that was going to happen in a matter of months. And that set them up to do two things. First of all, they were going to start to push for boosters. Okay. Now, maybe if all you watch is MSNBC, you could get convinced that boosters were, you know, that was always a part of the plan. But almost nobody who who got a vaccine in let's say february or march or april thought that they were going to need another one by the end of the summer or the fall okay so they knew they knew that they were changing the narrative second mandates and this was really the worst part joe right this was we are going to tie this to your job we're going to basically force almost every american adult of working age to get one of these who isn't self-employed or who isn't in a you know an illegal immigrant like they don't have to get it but most Americans who work are going to need this for their jobs and every healthcare worker and every government employee and they, I mean they they pushed a lot of people last fall and the anger they stirred was intense and you know still intense at that point I was a problem for them. I'd been a problem in the spring, but I was a problem in the summer because it was starting to look like I was right. And it was starting to look like this wasn't going to be something you could just, I don't know if you remember the shot in a beer, the lotteries, there was all this sort of quasi coercive crap going on in the spring. By the summer of 2021, it was different. It was, you want to fly? Maybe we're going to make you get vaccinated. They never did that, but they talked about it. And in Canada, they actually did do it. You want to work? You're damn well going to need to be vaccinated. You want to you want to go to a restaurant. You want to go to a movie in New York City. You're going to need to be vaccinated. You want your kids to go to school. Guess what? We're going to make you get them vaccinated. That was talked about too. They don't even want to pretend they said that, but everybody from Gavin Newsom on down said that. 
So, so I was a problem for them and, and Twitter cracked. Twitter had defended me and they clearly internally, at least into April, did not think I was saying anything wrong. And I can tell you, I did not change my reporting standards. I did not ever say anything. I did not talk about, you know, magnetizing or any of that stuff. I always stuck to the data. Twitter cracked. They banned me. And now we know that the White House was leaning on them. Unbelievable. Coercion. Totally viol total violation of the Nuremberg Code. Totally not in the best interest of the people. And what's most important is, just like we do on this podcast, sticking to the data. You have to stick to the data. The data has always been out there. It's just that people are more willing to listen now. I was telling people about this data many months ago. People even before that were telling people. And I have a, a friend who left a review on my podcast, in the Apple Podcast Store, saying how dumb I am and I can't read through Pfizer documents. And now everybody knows this data, but it's not new data. It's that people are willing to listen to the data. And obviously some aren't. And I think those people are a consequence of the Trump derangement syndrome, like a Sam Harris, where they will just do anything that goes against that orange man, pretty much. Whatever they say, if it's against Trump, they'll do it, right? Like, just they can totally control you because that dude's so polarizing. But the White House colluding with Twitter to silence people ain't good for the normal average person. Tell me how that's good for the average person. And they've convinced a very small subset group of people, but they, they do exist. One of my friends is one of them, the one who left that review, which is you should, if you, when you say this stuff, you should be deplatformed. You should have your whole platform taken away. You should be silenced. And they buy into censorship is good, not knowing that censorship will eventually come for them. Censorship isn't to save people. It's to protect the narrative. Those are two very, if it was good intent, they would convince you. They would allow debates, but if it's not truthful or it's not good, they don't want to allow debates because you won't go in their direction. So they must censor people. That's why they do it in China. And that's why this practice is all of a sudden common ground in the United States. And it makes sense that the CCP, oh, I said the words, now we're not going to get reach. Darn it. I shouldn't have said that. But the CCP, Whatever, share it. Hopefully you share this. Um, the CCP is using the tactics that have been su successful for their party in China to the United States. So it makes sense that we would be under attack. Now these, that we're just, that's a, that's a, we're just, that's a theory. We can't prove that yet. It just seems kind of likely. And Dr. Naomi Wolf does the best job backing that. But you now know the manipulation of data. In the, in the clinical trials. You know that they didn't have a control group in the trials. And the only control group are the unvaccinated people who are still unvaccinated. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a control group because the unvaccinated control group were all vaccinated after the trial. Now, their argument was, well, we need to protect them. And so they're going to get the vaccination anyway. So why don't we just give it to them? But then that results in no long-term studies. You must have a control group. 
It's imperative. Without it, you cannot conclude what's safe and not safe, what's effective, not effective, long-term outcomes. Impossible. So thank goodness for the unvaccinated crowd to be a control group so we can learn long-term studies, which we obviously don't have. It's the first product ever in the public market using mRNA. Every other mRNA product hasn't succeeded past the clinical trials to be injected in humans. None. This is the first one. And now it's at a scale to the billions of people, which is interesting that the mRNA technology is not the same technology that they are using as a vaccine in China. China is not using mRNA vaccines to vaccinate their people. Why? But all of the West is doing it. I think India is not as well. But China, who is behind these companies now with the 100% transfer of IP, whether that's data, we don't know what it is. Why are they not using mRNA technology? It just seems to be inching closer and closer to us being under attack. It seems convincing. We don't know for sure. We're going to continue to question. We're going to continue to find more facts. We're going to continue to seek out the truth warriors out there like Dr. Naomi Wolf and all these other great, great people that are fighting on your, on our behalf. And we are going to disseminate that information for you to come to your own conclusions with real data and real sources that you absolutely unequivocally deserve to know. They will not censor the truth. The truth might take a while, might not, but the truth always prevails. Always. It has to. It's a law of physics. Not really, but it feels like it is. And if we could play an itty bitty small role in disseminating that truth and getting the real data to people, whether you want to listen to it or not, then in 500 years, I could die a happy man. You're thinking, whoa, 500 years. Well, how am I going to be around 500 years? I don't know. But I believe in the innovation and technology that humans create. And so you never know. That's why it's important to be hopeful. So I've been seeing a lot of tweets of people saying, I deeply regret getting the vaccine. It's okay. Most people are fine. And you're probably fine. But eventually we will create some system, some product to flush out something in your body that you don't want in there. So just hold on. Even if you're injured, just hold on. I don't think, I really don't think it's permanent. I really don't. You got smart people working on stuff. We still need to learn more. We're still gathering data. We're still in that phase of, of aggregating data and doing research and clinical trials that really weren't done to the extent they should be. Vaccines usually take many years to get approved. This was like six months. Operation Warp Speed. Not good. Not good. But you're probably fine. The majority of people are okay. Of course, we don't know in the long term. We don't know. But I think you're probably okay. You're still going to see athletes and people pushing their bodies to the max. Something will happen every now and then. But for the majority of people, that won't happen. So you do not need to be concerned. Also, it's a waste of time to be concerned. Just live as healthy as you can. Walk a lot. Eat well. Don't eat all this processed bullshit from these 
large corporate, you know, food processing plants. Try and go local. Help the local farmer. It's better for the community and it's better for your body. It's important where you direct your money these days because that's how we can fight back against the corruption. Instead of going to the massive chain drugstore and going to Joseph and Kelly's department store is very important because if everyone does that, change will happen. And we're going from a globalized world. We are currently de-globalizing. Now there's many reasons for that outside of this whole pandemic. That's just happening. But we're getting more closer to community being important. So to create healthy relationships with other humans, shaking hands, helping others, being in a community is more important now than ever. That is how you can start protecting yourself against the economic collapse that's coming, more authoritarian measures, um, and all this stuff that's underway. The energy crisis, by, it's all by design. But if you start congregating, getting your community together and being closer to the people physically around you, you will be okay. Things are going to be more localized, more part of a community instead of global. That's what's happening. It's de-globalization. Okay, we'll get more into that in a later segment, but it's really, really important to know. And the best way you could prepare is by supporting local businesses not massive corporations and creating and cementing very healthy human relationships like never before. If you don't have friends, start making them. If you're not that close to your family, start being close with them. Start now. You don't want to be alone in six to 12 months. You want to have people close to you that love you and care about you and you care about them and love them. Now more than ever, we will get through this. We will continue telling you the truth. We will break down even more. Um, oh, and I'm just—I'm not going to play this, but one other thing is a book. If you haven't read it yet, I really, really suggest you read the book and the physical book because of the citations, which you can go research and check yourself. The book, The Real Anthony Fauci by Bobby Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. The Real Anthony Fauci will really help you understand how we got here and the motives and kind of what's going on at the highest level. And if you use someone's name on a book cover and you lie, you will be sued for defamation. You will be taken to court and you will lose. But Anthony Fauci has not sued Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And this book came out last year and it is damning to him. In fact, I will end with this, with Brett Weinstein uh, and his wife who do the podcast, The Dark Horse, Someone messaged them. Uh, I'll end with this clip. They, they, someone asked about the book and uh, she gave a, a little review about it and I'll just play it for you. And it, it, it's important to hear. Have you read The Real Anthony Fauci by Robert Kennedy Jr.? If so, what are your thoughts? Could things really be as bad and corrupt as the book claims? Thank you. Yes, I have. Yes, Brett has. Could things really be as bad and corrupt as the book claims? I'm afraid so. Um, I, was a, that was a tough book to read really, really hard. And one of the things I did as I read it was just spot checked the references. I 
it is incredibly well referenced as anyone who's held the book in their hands knows if you just listen to it you don't necessarily know that but if you have it in your hands it's typeset in a way that's in, like it's actually a little hard to read because it's so jam-packed like the margins are tiny and it's just so jam-packed with references so i didn't look at even one in 25 of those references but uh, every now and again i would look at one that struck me as unusual or unlikely or I tried, I did occasionally do a haphazard, like I'm just gonna, okay, let's check this one and see if it is what, what he claims. Um, and I didn't, doing that, which was, again, haphazard, I didn't find any errors, right? So it's incredible. Two smart people, the Weinsteins, they're very, very smart. They didn't find any errors. Why don't you read and see if you can find your own errors? Educate yourself. Create those friendships. Get closer with your family and more active in your community. We are breaking off from the globalized nation state. We are entering a new era of society. We are really in the fourth turning. We have been keeping track. We've been brainwashed to think of time linearly in a linear fashion. Uh, uh, but unfortunately, the real way time has been kept for all civilization has been like seasonal, the rotation of the planet. And you can learn that through the, the fourth turning. So, I will leave you with this. Thank you for listening to the Jonathan Cogan show. I will continue working as hard as I can for you and with you, but please take it upon yourself to search for the truth, to educate yourself, to create a group of friends and a network, both online and offline with people you can trust and rely on and that you can have them rely on you for certain things. Start building that community. Spread love, share, be courageous. That was something I didn't really have planned there, but have more courage and just know if you believe in yourself and those around you, you can get through anything. Love is much stronger than hate, but fear, and they are controlling you with fear, and that's by design. Fear is extremely powerful, and it doesn't matter how smart you are, what your intellect is, it doesn't matter. If they, someone puts you in a state of fear, they can control the way you think and they can control what your actions are. So the people that are currently being controlled are because they're in a state of fear. So try to understand how to break through that. No matter what I say, if you're still in a state of fear, you will not believe anything I say. So I will just say, try and read the book, The Psychology of Totalitarianism by Matias Desmond, who explains this better than anyone, came out about two months ago. Maybe that will help. But until you are out of a state of fear, you cannot be enlightened. You cannot become awake because fear is what's controlling you. But I believe that you or anyone else you're thinking of right now can break through fear and once you do and you realize the whole system is corrupt and broken, well, then we can rise up and take our planet back. And guess what? We will take our planet back. So if no one told you today, I love you for who you are and your weirdness and your craziness and your spunkiness, whatever it is, 
You're meant to be here. Don't forget that. That's by design too. And we'll make it through this and we're going to make it through this together with the truth. Because like I said earlier, the truth always prevails. Thank you for being with me. God bless. Share the Jonathan Cogan show far and wide. Go to anchor.fm forward slash JSK. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Spotify. Give it a five-star rating. Let the algorithm pick it up. And I appreciate you being with me today. I really do. I'll see you tomorrow. Take care.